Cool. Is that me? While, while I am getting ready, why don't you find someone next to you, give them a high five, tell them how beautiful their eyebrows look today. Your eyebrows look sensational, mate. I was going to say here, but uh, there are some of us here who, how do I say it, <coughs> follically challenged. I assume we all have eyebrows. I do apologize if we, if we don't. Cool. So uh, we are wrapping up our One Another series uh, this morning. As uh, Grace mentioned, uh, there's some of the crew that are down at the Vineyard Conference in Christchurch at the moment. Um, so, we've been going through love one another, submit to one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, live in harmony with one another, admonish one another, do not grumble or slander one another, be kind to one another, be hospitable to one another. And I have the utmost privilege and certainly drawn the short straw of talking about um, do not pass judgment on one another uh, this morning, so uh, it's a great way to wrap, wrap up the, uh, the series on this topic. It's, you, you know, the picture of the, uh, the iceberg, you know, you kind of got that uh, underwater picture and you've got the tip of the iceberg there and then underneath it's just this massive underwater um, element of the iceberg itself. So we kind of feel like we're going to be scratching on the very surface <coughs> of it. Um, perhaps we should have had our coffee uh, before. I'm talking about this this morning. Uh, uh, judgment is one of those things where it's like when you hear that word come up, it's you're looking for the nearest exit or you're looking for the next uh, coffee machine uh, just to keep us going. So, but this morning we're going to journey together. Um, uh, the definition on uh, not passing, what it means to not pass or, or passing judgment onto someone else is to criticize or condemn someone from a position of assumed moral superiority. Or in other words, judge someone self-righteously, cast stones from a glass house, um, or this one, offer feedback from a perspective of perceived higher moral ground, uh, which I, you know, which can be pretty hard to swallow or pretty hard to hear. So um, as part of journeying together, and I know that uh, as a church we, you know, we are a little bit quiet, I mean, I've got to say, um, it's nice when you kind of get like the Egypt song come up and people start clapping and you, you just kind of... You just want to like break and dance, right? Um, but so I'm going to ask two questions and I want us to all be involved because, you know, as a church, this is a journey. Uh, we journey together in our failures. We journey together in our victory. Um, and so I've got two questions. The first question is not, not so nice, uh, but the second question is a nice question. So the first question, and, and let's raise our hands, is who here has passed judgment onto somebody else? See all the wives tipping the husbands? Hey, hey, you, you, yep. The second question is who here is a son or daughter of the Most High God? And that's the journey, isn't it? 
Our victory is found in Jesus, that despite the fact that we may fail in any one of these one another elements that we've been talking about so far, uh, that we can fail at the feet of Jesus, knowing that his outstretched hand is there to pick us back up. And so um, what I want to do is uh, just pray quickly um, uh, before we jump into our scriptures. So let's do that. Father, I just thank you for uh, this morning. I thank you for the one another that we've been talking about so far. And there's so many more that we just we haven't even had the ch- chance to cover. But God, we invite you here this morning. We thank you for your presence. God, we ask that your word be spoken. For your word is everlasting. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will remain forever. So God, we declare your word, your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, come in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, two scriptures. So Jeremiah, if you've got your uh, devices or Bibles, uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 9, verse 23 to 24. And then after that, we're going to go into Luke chapter 6, 37 to 42. So, starting with Jeremiah, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. And Luke chapter 6, 37 to 42 says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you, you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. The message version of that chapter in Luke it's quite good. It says, it's easy to see a smudge in your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your, face, when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's the, I know better than you mentality. Playing the holier than thou part of just, uh, instead of just living your own part. Wipe the ugly sneer of your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. So before we jump into the uh, element of not passing judgment to one another and what we can learn from that um, in these scriptures is that I want to touch briefly on this Jeremiah uh, scripture as a baseline for uh, what we've read on how God operates, um, uh, considering that the word judgment is, is in, that, in that verse. So we know that, number one, and, and by the way, what, what's in the Word of God, none of it is accidental. Like, it's all deliberate, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. And so, number one, God exercises loving kindness every time. His readiness to show grace and mercy is what we find at the cross. Matthew 5, 5 verse 7 says, Blessed are those who show mercy, for they shall obtain mercy. 
Matthew 9 verse 13 says, But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So loving kindness, number one. Number two, judgment. Which comes from the Hebrew uh, word mishpat, uh, which literally means to punish or reward. Uh, and if you're up for some light reading, um, then uh, Second, Matthew, uh, Second Peter uh, chapter 2 is quite a good one that kind of goes through this in a bit more detail. Uh, but landing on verse 9 of chapter 2 says, The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. And then number three is righteousness, which embodies the very Christian life. Romans 10 verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so God's framework, what he delights to exercise in, what we revere God's position as, is the one who is loving and kind, first and foremost. And then out of that, we revere God as the one who is the holy judge. And his judgment then leads, his desires, that leads to the embodiment of righteousness. So as I segue into the topic of, uh, passing, uh, uh, of not passing judgment onto one another, we now have a framework of how God behaves. Loving kindness, first and foremost. Jonathan Edwards says, Nothing puts a Christian so much out of the devil's reach than humility. So what can we learn from the uh, scripture in Luke? Um, there's also Matthew 7 verse 1 to 6, which is the other um, version of it. Um, this comes on the back of um, Jesus' Sermon of the Mount. So I'll read it again. Do not judge and you will not be judged. The word judge there is the uh, uh, Greek word a crino, um, which basically means um, uh, what the definition in the um, uh, dictionary is. So to criticize, condemn someone from a position of assumed moral superior, uh, superiority. Uh, so do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? First take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So the speck versus the plank. The plank is the, the fact that we are often blind to our own uh, iniquities, our own failures, our own moral shortcomings. We so easily see the little things in others, uh, nitpicking what we don't agree with, uh, uh, but our own imperfections uh, are often missed or unidentified. First Corinthians 13, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says that if I'm the most spiritual person in the room, if I'm the smartest person in the room, if I give all I have to those in need, if I am the best in the business, but I have not loved, then Paul says it means nothing. Which is a pretty phenomenal thought when you think that someone that can stand and, and prophesy, someone that can deliver the most phenomenal message, someone that can perform miracles, someone uh, that can give all he has 
to the needy, someone that can have an outstretched arm, but if in his heart he has not love, then it means nothing. Adam Clark says, the man, the man is utterly unfit to show the way of life to others who is himself walking in the way of death. The readiest way to judge imperfections in others uh, is to be free from greater ones yourself. Uh, so cue Jesus into that moment. John uh, chapter 8 is a beautiful story on, on Jesus uh, uh, of, of this kind of plank versus speck um, story. So it says, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, it commands us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? He straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone. And after some commotion, they eventually all left. And Jesus, Jesus turned to the woman and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And he said, Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. See, following God's instruction always requires that we die to our self-interest, our self-righteousness, and our moralistic understanding of life. The message version puts it in our Luke passage, having the I know better than you mentality or the playing the holier than thou part. That tells us that the work of Christ in our lives is about pride and selfishness. And we miss so much from the Holy Spirit, as did the Pharisees, when we demand God's cooperation with our understanding or our perspective of life. We, uh, Grace and I ran a, a small group um, some time ago, uh, and it was, it was a beautiful time of kind of gathering together and, and just speaking about some heavy-duty topics like this which is probably where it actually deserves to be, and it's kind of a smaller group where we can talk about it together. But anyway, uh, we're here now. Um, and uh, we had this kind of new um, uh, person that came along, and uh, there was just something about them that um, just didn't quite click. Uh, and we actually eventually ended up getting um, complaints um, to us from our um, uh, the people that would come. Um, about this particular person, and and that uh, they, you know, they made them feel uncomfortable. Um, and we kind of saw glimpses of of this. We weren't really too sure what was happening. It, it was really subtle, but um, there was just kind of a, a bad feeling um, about it. And and it's so quick to just come to conclusions or assumptions, you know, when you're in that position. Um, and so we uh, they they ended up. Um, leaving anyway, um, they informed us um, that the reason that they left was because they thought um, that we were terrible people um, and uh, that we uh, were uh, you know, fluffy in our message and, and we didn't give an opportunity to, 
to, to speak and to share as a, as a small group, which was kind of strange because that's what it was all about. Um, and so it was a little bit, it was a little bit hard to, to hear that and a bit confusing because it didn't quite line up. Um, there was just something missing there. And so the temptation at that point is to kind of go, well, you know, let's just ignore them. Um, I don't really care. Uh, there's probably some stronger words that I could use around that. Um, uh, and the temptation is to kind of just leave it there and, and have that, I guess, that, that a little bit of rot in your heart um, actually against someone else. And really felt like the Holy Spirit um, inspired us to actually uh, invite ourselves over to their place for dinner, uh, for lunch. Um, and so we, we actually reached out to, the, to, to them and, and said, hey, we'd, we'd love to have lunch with you. Um, we'll love it. We'd love for it to be at your place um, and to just kind of chat about what you said, the message that you gave, um, and you know, just to get to know you a bit more and kind of find out what, what, what we could potentially do better um, uh, as, a, as a couple leading a small group. Uh, and so they, we did that. We went over for lunch, and it was probably like a two to three hour lunch, um, just talking together. And it, it just, you know, the. the there's a part in scripture where it talks about how the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak in the hour that you need. And, you know, you kind of go in and you, and you preconceive your, you know, the things that you're going to say and ends up being a bit of a boxing match in your mind and who's going to win the argument and, and things. Um, but just really felt like that as we, as we entered the, the house, just the peace of God came over us. And, and, and really over them too. Like it was just a beautiful moment of just actually getting to, to know them and all the things started to click together. You know, why they said what they said, their background, where they've come from. Um, they're not actually from New Zealand. They come from a very spiritual kind of um, uh, country. And so when they're, and they're really relatively new to New Zealand. And so what happened was that they just, they just were not used to the culture here, not used to the people, not used to the, the message. Um, and so it was, it was strange for them and, and hard for them. And so we really got to actually just kind of break that down and, and have a beautiful conversation and pray together. Like, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, and on my drive, on our drive home, just really felt like the Holy Spirit tapped my shoulder and just say, you need to understand the bigger picture in every situation for everybody. And that's pretty hard to do because we are pretty limited with our capacity to do that. But, you know... When the disciples asked Jesus, when he was talking about the, the kind of the rich young ruler and, and how it's, it's, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for, for the rich to be saved, and they're like, well, how, then who can be saved? And Jesus' response is, well, with man, with man it's impossible, but with God, everything's possible. And so we can find the bigger picture by asking the Holy Spirit to help us. The prayer is, God, help me to see this person as you see them. And it was a real check for me um, going forward with kind of how I approach other people and uh, how I see other people and people that I like and don't like and, and all that stuff. The other um, story is, uh, the other thing is understanding the context of the situation as well. So, Understanding the bigger picture, uh, to, the prayer is to, God, help me to see as you see this person, and then to understand the context of the situation that you're in. 
I remember um, my daughter, Abriana, when she was about two years old. Uh, I was working part-time, kind of stay-at-home dad, um, and uh, Grace was working. Shola was um, at preschool. She was about two. And we were watching something on the laptop. It was some cartoon or something like that. Um, and uh, had an open glass of water um, kind of beside the, beside the computer. Um, had some snacks in there. And so then I, I left. Uh, she was in the lounge. I kind of went to the kitchen to get some more food or something. Um, and then she comes around the corner uh, and she grabs my hand. She says, she says, Daddy, you say, uh-oh, that's okay. <laughs> and, and, I, and I was like, uh, you know, because you've got a very squeaky cute voice. And I was like, what? Sorry, what? What? She says, Dad, you say, uh-oh, that's okay. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I come around the corner, and I just see water all over the computer. She's just taken the cup and tipped it, and it's, like, destroyed it. Like, it's just it's fried it. And in that moment, you know, you can feel the jug boil <laughs> within, your, within your soul. Uh, and... Yeah, you had, I had to stop. And I'm grateful that I did, but you've got to stop and you've got to understand the context of the situation. The context of that situation was Abriana was a two-year-old girl who was exploring, testing. She was being scientific. What happens when I pour water on electrical items? <laughs> And the result wasn't that great for, for me, um, but she learned something. I learned something. Uh, and she clearly knew that what she did was wrong. Otherwise, she wouldn't have come around and, and informed me to say that it's okay. And I remember listening to a message recently that was talking about, uh, talking about judgment um, and passing, you know, not passing judgment on other people, um, but also this idea of kind of, you know, parental punishment or, or, or consequences that you might put on your children. Uh, that in that particular moment, she knew that she had done something wrong. Now, the best thing that I can do in that moment is actually get on my knee and confirm that she is right. She did do something wrong. Yes, that, no, that is not a good thing. That is not okay. Uh, let's not do that again. There is no advantage for me to then yell at her or give her a smack or whatever it might be, but that, that, that doesn't actually help the situation because she already understands that what she's done is wrong. And so when we're in situations where we're talking to people who may have done something wrong, or may have offended us, uh, and you've been able to see the bigger picture, have a conversation with them, they may have realized and apologized, then that's where, it, that's where it ends. Now, you might shake hands and move on. You might reconcile. Maybe you won't. But there's nothing more that you can do. There's nothing more that they can do. And so we need to see the bigger picture in people's lives, see how God sees them, and we need to understand the context of the situation. Without those things, 
then we will fall short when we pass judgment on other people. Correction is needed in people's lives. But what we are talking about here is when we position ourselves as morally superior than somebody else. That I am better because of AYZ. That is the self-obsession, the pride that we struggle to see in ourselves and the very thing that the Holy Spirit wants to work on each individual in order to remove the plank in our eye before we worry about the speck in the other person's eye. When we make a statement or conclusion uh, about someone, it lacks hope. When we hone in on how terrible people are or how insignificant someone is or look down on people, it lacks hope. Everything must center back to Christ. We have that example that God delights in, number one, loving kindness. So when we identify that rather large plank uh, in our eye, that check within our heart, we invite the Holy Spirit to do work of dissolving our blind spots so that we can be better equipped to be Christ-like in any situation and to anyone. To see people with hope, to speak correction with loving kindness, in humility, knowing that our own flaws have been worked on by Christ. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts, boasts about this, that he understands and knows the Lord, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight him, says the Lord. And so, loving kindness is our number one example, given by God and our priority to exercise. The plank in our eye represents our shortcomings, our iniquities. We need to exercise the, and understand the big picture. God, help me to see as you see. We need to understand the context of the situation. God, give me wisdom and understand and understand, uh, give me wisdom and understanding to best express your truth according to the situation at hand. And knowing that I may fall short, and when I do, remembering that our position is in Christ, and he can give us the grace needed to be more like him the next time around. But there is always another opportunity there is always another bus coming around the corner. There is always another person to, to talk to. We're not always going to get it right, but that's where the grace and mercy of God comes into play and, when the Holy, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work on us within our spirit so that the next time around that we're facing a similar situation, that we can do better, that we can be better, that we can be more Christ-like. 
The word requires us uh, to be ready at all times, like a watchman in the night, to have our lamps oiled and lit, ready at any moment to represent Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So let's be ready, knowing that God's number one is loving kindness, to invite the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to our own iniquities, to give us wisdom to see a glimpse of the bigger picture and context in others' lives, and to know that our position is in Christ, and we have access to his way, his truth, and his life. It is, it's, it's funny because it's true, uh, but, you know, when we ask the question, who, who hears past judgment on somebody else, you kind of get the, you, you see the elbows being prodded to the, your neighbor next to you, and uh, you, see the, you see the kids looking up to the parents, and whatever it might be. Um, We need to be a people that uh, I think that are is aware of the condition of our heart, because in a lot of cases when we pass judgment, it, it happens in here. We don't necessarily speak it out, but it, it's in our heart. We think that someone is less than because of a way that they live or a decision that they made. But it's sometimes hard to realize or, or to understand where they came from. Some of the stuff that they've been through that have shaped them as a person. You know, I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit in my life because I remember being a young person growing up at school just being misunderstood so often. And I grew up in an environment where I never met my real father. Um, I, my my uh, uh, dad that got, uh, the man I call my dad who got married um, to my mum, fantastic guy, um, but he wasn't always fantastic. You know, the, the, the power of Jesus has saved his life and he's a fantastic man now. Um, but they went through a horrific divorce. Um, and so it was just chaos all the time at home. The only people that I ever felt loved by as a child were my grandparents. And so they were my go-to uh, place. They, they are why I fell in love with Jesus, because they were madly in love with Jesus. And they, there was just something different about them. And I remember, I remember, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, talking to my auntie and uncle, who I'm really close with, uh, and they said to me, they go, look, um, as adults, we would talk about all the, all the children, all the nieces and nephews and, and, uh, and things. And it was, a, it was a common denominator that none of us had any hope for you. And so I, I remember hearing this being like, I was, like, when I, when I heard that, 
like, I rejoiced because it goes to show what Jesus has done in my life. A chaotic young boy, greatly misunderstood in an environment of chaos, who didn't feel loved, bullied at school, went to five different schools, moved around. I had schools that would no longer take me. They would move me on. Parents put me on Ritalin, all these kind of um, new drugs to try figure out my behavior issues and things. Had no, like, had no friends. Like, I don't, like, I don't, my, my friend's life uh, was when I moved up here. Like, I have no high school, school friends whatsoever. No one that I keep, keep in touch with. Uh, and so you can understand that, you know, they, they looked at me and thought, well, there's not much hope for this young man. Like, he's probably just, when, when he gets to an age where he can make his own decisions and leave home, it's probably going to go downhill really quick. And look, there were times where it went downhill really quick, but um, we came back up. But being judged on the receiving end of that, especially as a, as a child, uh, was horrible. You know, I think of the powerful work that you guys do at Springboard, and it's like you're, you're taking people in because they're misunderstood. You're taking people in because... They have no other hope. There is no place of love. This is it. This is the environment. Springboard is the environment. This is where you come to be better, to be the person that you want to be. Not what everyone else is assuming that you'll become. The person in your heart, the person that God has made you to be. And so we need to be so careful that in any and every situation, and it happens all the time, I mean, I've got to remind myself constantly that when I see people that are just different than, than me, to not let that be a blockage, a hurdle, for me to be able to be Christ-like into their lives. Or for them to be Christ-like in my life. This isn't just about us influencing other people. This is about letting other people influence us, whether we like them or not, because maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit has got something there for you to learn. So it's a challenge. It's a tightrope. You can fall either side. Uh, and the word, of, the word of God here isn't saying that we shouldn't actually pass judgment on one another. What it's saying is that there is a framework and it starts with loving kindness. Remove the plank in your own eye first because there's some serious iniquities, there are some serious issues that we all have internally for all have fallen short of the glory of God. So when we submit to humility and we submit to the Holy Spirit and we allow him to speak those things into our lives, then we're better equipped to be Christ-like to others, not Nile-like. Christ-like. He is the center, the cornerstone, the foundation in which we stand. Good? All right. We've got five minutes left. Um, maybe if I can get the um, worship team... Uh, back up. We'd love to just take a moment of um, having a time of ministry um, together.
this is the wrap of the One Another, One Another series, and we've gone through just, I guess, some of the core ones uh, for us as a church. And they really all are like the iceberg. You know, we really have touched the, the, the tip of the iceberg with, with all of these things. And I appreciate your grace and for not passing judgment on me as I speak about this particular topic. But I want to open up the, the floor um, for community worship uh, and prayer. Love one another. Submit to one another. Encourage one another. Forgive one another. Live in harmony with one another. Admonish one another. Do not grumble or slander one another. Be kind to one another. Be hospitable to one another. Do not pass judgment on one another. And so many more. But if any one of those one another areas has been a challenge for you, or you want to declare this morning, Holy Spirit, I need more of that one, or this one, or a combination, or all of them, then I invite you to come up the front as we worship. I think we'll just leave the, the words off for the song so we can just kind of be in the moment. My ask is that, what, and why don't we all just all stand, actually, just to... My ask this morning is that we're not, I don't think that we'll, we'll have someone necessarily come and pray for you, but I think we'll just be in here together. So if you feel drawn, if there is any one of these one another's that has inspired you, that you've fallen short of, that you need more of, that you, you want the Holy Spirit to touch into your lives, then as we worship, come up the front. And whether or not it's you responding to that message or that calling of the Holy Spirit or you're just here and you see someone else up the front, then I encourage you to stand, come up and stand by them. Put your hand on their shoulder and just worship together. You don't necessarily need to pray for them, but just be together. As a church, we are here together. We journey together. That's why I asked the question, those, those two questions, who here has passed judgment on one another? All our hands should go up. We've all fallen. But who here is a son or daughter of the Most High God? All of our hands go up. And that's the beauty of the, the journey. That's the beauty of failure. Is that that is not the full stop. That is not where it ends. Because Jesus and our position is in Christ. And we have access to the way, to the truth, and to the life. So let's worship together. Father, I pray. Psalm 119, verse 66. Lord, teach us good judgment and knowledge understanding wisdom teach us Lord loving kindness first and foremost to be the, the front of every conversation the front of every thought 
people, Lord, we believe in your commandments. We believe in your Son. Come, Holy Spirit, 